Hey everybody and welcome back to the Call for Freedom podcast on this Monday morning and we're continuing our study in 2 Samuel and we're going into chapter 19. Now we left off in chapter 18, um, David mourning over the death of his son. So in this chapter we're talking about how Joab, who really gave the order to kill Absalom, rebukes David. Let's get into it. Second Samuel, chapter nineteen, verse fifteen. Then the king returned and came to the Jordan. Judah came to Gilgal to go meet the king, to escort the king across the Jordan. Joab rebukes David. It was told Joab, Behold, the king is weeping and mourning for Absalom. So the victory that day was turned into mourning for all the people. For the people heard that day, the king is grieving for his son. And the people stole into the city that day as people steal who are ashamed when they flee in battle. The king covered his face, and the king cried with a loud voice, O my son Absalom, O Absalom, my son, my son. Then Joab came into the house to the king and said, You have today covered with shame the faces of all your servants, who have this day saved your life and the lives of your sons and your daughters and the lives of your wives and your concubines, because you love those who hate you and hate those who love you. For you have made it clear today that commanders and servants are nothing to you. For today, I know that if Absalom were alive and all of us were dead today, then you would be pleased. Now, therefore, arise, go out and speak kindly to your servants. For I swear by the Lord, if you do not go, not a man will stay with you this night. And this will be worse for you than all the evil that has come upon you from your youth until now. Then the king arose and took his seat in the gate. And the people were all told, Behold, the king is sitting in the gate. And all the people came before the king. Now I want to stop real quick because it seems here now the nation is like, it's a feeling of like, the whole nation is now down. This is supposed to be victorious. And now the whole, David mourning over his son is making everybody feel down and, and, and probably questioning the future. And what Joab is doing here is basically telling David, hey, it's time to man up. You know, you got to stop with this morning stuff and realize the victory that, you, that you've done here and you need to man up. Um, but remember, I mean, he's mourning the death of his own son. Um... You know, and I'm sure there's a lot of guilt there. 
David's probably feeling very guilty about how the way things panned out. And this obviously could have all been avoided if David would have done more um, against Abnon. But that didn't happen. And obviously it wasn't part of, part of God's plan in the first place. Let's keep going. Now Israel had fled every man to his own home. And all the people were arguing throughout the tribes of Israel, saying, The king delivered us from the hand of our enemies and saved us from the hand of the Philistines. And now he has fled out of the land from Absalom. But Absalom, who we anointed over us, is dead in battle. Now therefore, why do you say nothing about bringing the king back? And King David sent this message to Zadok and Abiathar, the priests. Say to the elders of Judah, Why should you be the last to bring the king back to his house, when the word of all Israel has come to the king? You are my brothers, you are my bone and my flesh. Why then should you be the last to bring the king back? And say to Amasa, Are you not my bone and my flesh? God do so to me, and more also, if you are not commander of my army from now on in place of Joab. And he swayed the heart of all the men of Judah as one man, so that they sent word to the king. Return, both you and all your servants. So the king came back to the Jordan, and Judah came to Gilgal to meet the king, and to bring the king over the Jordan. And Shammai the son of Girah, the Benjaminite from Bahurim, hurried to come down with the men of Judah to meet the king. And with him were a thousand men from Benjamin. And Ziba the servant of the house of Saul, with his fifteen sons and his twenty servants, rushed down to the Jordan before the king. And they crossed the ford to bring over the king's household, and to do his pleasure. And Shammai the son of Gera fell down before the king, as he was about to cross the Jordan, and said to the king, Let my lord hold me guilty for me guilty, or remember how your servant did wrong on the day my lord the king left Jerusalem. Do not let the king take it to heart. For your servant knows that I have sinned. Therefore, behold, I have come this day, the first of all the house of Joseph, to come down to meet my lord the king. Abishai the son of Zariah answered, Shall not Shammai be put to death for this, because he cursed the Lord's anointed? But David said, What have I to do with you, you sons of Zariah? you should this day be an adversary to me. Shall anyone be put to death in Israel this day? For I do not know that I am this day king over Israel. And the king said to Shammai, You shall not die. And the king gave him his oath. And Mephibosheth, the son of Saul, came down to meet the king. He had never he had neither taken care of his feet, nor trimmed his beard, nor washed his clothes, from the day the king departed until the day 
he came back in safety. And he came to Jerusalem to meet the king. The king said to him, Why do you not go with me, Mephibosheth? He answered, My lord, O king, my servant deceived me. For your servant said to him, I will saddle a donkey for myself, that I may ride on it and go with the king. For your servant is lame. He has slandered your servant to my lord the king. But my lord the king is like the angel of God. Do therefore what seems good to you. For all my father's house were but men doomed to death before my lord the king. But you set your servant among those who eat at your table. What further right have I than to cry to the king? And the king said to him, Why speak any more of your affairs? I have decided, you and Ziba shall divide the land. And Mephibosheth said to the king, O let him take it all, since my lord the king has come safely home. Now Barzillai the Gileadite had came down from Rogelim, and he went on with the king to the Jordan, to escort him over the Jordan. Barzillai was a very aged man, eighty years old. He had provided the king with food while he stayed at Manahim, for he was a very wealthy man. And the king said to Barzillai, Come over with me, and I will provide you with me in Jerusalem. But Barzillai said to the king, How many years have I still to live, that I should go up with the king to Jerusalem? I am this day eighty years old. Can I discern what is pleasant and what is not? Can your servant taste what he eats or what he drinks? Can I still listen to the voice of singing men and singing women? Why then should your servant be an added burden to my lord the king? Your servant will go a little way over the Jordan with the king. Why should the king repay me with such a reward? Please let your servant return, that I may die in my own city near the grave of my father and my mother. But here is your servant Chimham. Let him go over with my lord the king and do for him whatever seems good to you. And the king answered, Chimham shall go over with me, and I will do for him whatever seems good to you. And all that you desire for me, I will do for you. Then all the people went over the Jordan, and the king went over. And the king kissed Barzillai and blessed him, and he returned to his own home. The king went on to Gilgal, and Chimham went on with him, all the people of Judah, and also half the people of Israel, brought the king on his way. Then all the men of Israel came to the king and said to the king, Why have our brothers, the men of Judah, stolen you away and brought the king and his household over the Jordan, and all David's men with him? All the men of Judah answered the men of Israel, Because the king is our close relative. Why then are you angry over this matter? Have we eaten all that the king at all at the king's expense? Or has he given us any gift? And the men of Israel answered the men of Judah, We have ten shares in the king, and in David also we have more than you. Why then why then do, did you despise us? Were we not the first to speak of bringing back our king? 
But the words of the men of Judah were fiercer than the words of the men of Israel. Our highlighted verse today is verse 15 for this commentary. Let's go back to verse 15. Then the king returned and came to the Jordan. And Judah came to Gilgal to meet the king, to escort the king across the Jordan. The reason why this is the highlighted verse is because verse 15 really is just in this one verse is the summary of this entire chapter. Ed Ray's commentary says, After Absalom's rebellion was defeated, the people of Israel disputed among themselves about bringing the king David back. But they reasoned that he had delivered them from the Philistines, and Absalom was dead. So there was no other choice of who to accept as king. But still the tribe of Judah, the direct family of David, hesitated and was the last tribe to come around and welcome the king back. Now, I want to stop there because (laughs) it seems that like the tribe of Judah is David's family and they're just all... It's funny how the... It's funny how family works, right? Your family could be the first people to go against you. Let's continue. Perhaps they had also played a part in Absalom's rebellion, and so were slow to accept David. Not everyone was excited to see the uh, the coming king. Now, it's interesting because... I feel like, yeah, David's family was probably all behind Absalom's rebellion. I like how Pastor Ed Ray says that because, you know, it's not just Absalom that took offense to David's actions. The whole family, really. Could this be a picture of another coming king and the mixed attitudes of people around us every day? We know when Jesus returns, not everyone will meet him the same way. Some will be excited and happy, but many others will be caught off guard. The big question for us all is how will we meet the king? If he came today, would we be ready? Or does that question have us worried? If it has us worried, We need to do something this very moment. Repent and bring back the king in our hearts by serving him today. We are all challenged by the life of missionaries who have given their all in the mission field. One life that challenges us is William Borden, the famous Borden University, the, uh, the famous Borden family. In 1912, William Borden, a graduate of Yale University, left one of America's greatest family fortunes to be a missionary to China. He got as far as Egypt and died of cerebral meningitis. 
He was only in his 20s. After his death, these words were found written in his Bible. No reserve, no retreat, no regrets. Lord, we want to serve you today with no retreat or regrets. Bringing you back as king. In Jesus' name, amen.